Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. people have had enough of waiting. The time has come to act. People are really angry out there. They're angry that the referendum's not being carried out. But they're even angrier that politicians' promises to them have been broken. Given how huge this decision is for our country, the severe consequences there will be for generations, it is time to put this back to the people and stop this Brexit chaos. We will do everything necessary to stop a disastrous no deal. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Salek. Good afternoon. I'm Roger Hearing. And as we speak, Boris Johnson is setting out his Brexit deal proposals in Parliament, being questioned on them. He's optimistic he's got quite a lot of support from Tory hardliners. Clearly, the opposition is opposed. Uh, In fact, I think we can probably listen uh, just quickly to what's going on. He's currently addressing uh, a statement by Ian Blackford, who's head of the SNP in Parliament. Let's listen. Damien Green. Uh, Thank you, Mr Speaker. Many of us... on all sides of the House want to deliver what people voted for, want to avoid a no-deal Brexit and want to avoid the process being strung out interminably. So I welcome the Government's latest proposals. Can the Prime Minister assure me that the customs proposals for the Irish border don't involve the construction of any new physical infrastructure, whether at the border or anywhere else? I'm very grateful to uh, to, I'm very grateful, Mr Speaker, to my right honourable friend who has uh, taken a keen interest in these matters for a long time and has helped to uh, bring many members together across the House uh, on this question. I can tell him that uh, absolutely not, that it does not the proposals we uh, are putting forward do not involve physical infrastructure at or near the border or, or in... Or well, there, in fact, we heard from Damien Green. We came to the end of Boris Johnson's reply to Ian Blackford, and we heard uh, Damien Green, long-time uh, Tory uh, leadership uh, potential in the past, but now very much a backbencher and has been very opposed, I think, uh, to Sebastian, to what uh, Boris Johnson's been attempting in the past. Yeah, but what we're seeing now, potentially, is many of these members coming together for an opportunity to get this behind us. We're seeing rumblings of support within some on the on the opposition benches, within Labour, um, and, and it'll be interesting to see just how much goes saying yesterday he thought there was a pretty solid majority for this. Of course, we need the EU support as well. That might be tougher. Uh, we'll be looking to Ireland for the lead there. Uh, but, but should we bring our guest in and, and chat through this? We've got David Linden with us today. He's the Scottish National MP, a Party MP for Glasgow East. Welcome, David. Good to have you. Uh, so on this Brexit deal today, or this, this plan at least, uh, are you going to take this chance to finally put Brexit behind us? Um, no, because this is a unicorn. It's not something that I think that the European actually going to entertain. Um, it seems to be that people in Westminster and people within the Conservative bubble are getting very excited about this. But this is not a deal because the EU has not agreed to this. I think it's very unlikely 
the the European Union is going to agree to this proposal from Boris Johnson. So I rather feel that people in Westminster are getting a bit carried away at the moment, and that this is a an exercise of smoke and mirrors from the well, Prime well, Minister. Well, David, let, let's take it apart a bit first of all. Whether or not Brussels agrees to it, uh, it's pretty clear from what your your leader in Blackford was saying in the Commons uh, a few moments ago that clearly the SNP doesn't like it. What is it about it that you don't like? Well, there are certain aspects of the proposals for the, the single market in Northern Ireland that would put Scotland at uh, a disadvantage. So obviously, um, our whole process uh, through this starting in 2016 was that you know we didn't, we didn't vote for Brexit, we don't want to leave the European Union, um, but we did try and compromise with the British government and our proposal was that the whole of the UK would remain in the single market and the customs union because that would do the, the least damage to our economy. Um, but at the moment, the proposal would mean that Scotland is out of the single market and the customs union whereas Northern Ireland would, would remain in certain aspects of the single market. But David, don't we have to compromise at some point here just for the sake of getting this over and done with? Isn't that what the voters want? Um, no, I mean, the vast majority of my voters, whether that's in Glasgow, East Glasgow or Scotland, voted to remain in the European Union. So uh, at the moment, we're not going to go up lively along with the UK government and support a deal that would be detrimental to the Scottish economy. And I think many of your listeners would appreciate that. Um, but I do think that this is an exercise in smoke and mirrors by Boris Johnson um, and, and it will certainly fail probably the European Union. What I think we're seeing here is brinkmanship um, and people in Westminster are getting very, very carried away with this. But will you, will you, I'd rather fear that we're still heading for a new situation by the end of well, October. Um, well, well, exactly. If I can pick you up on that, that's the point. Surely time is running out. It's all very well you saying, well, it's not something that would benefit the, the Scot- Scotland, various things of that nature. But in the end, a deal has to be found within a fairly short time scale, even if there is an extension. Uh, and the deal is on the table. Isn't it best to engage with it? Well, a, a deal has to be found, but you know, let's let's bear in mind here: this is not a deal. A deal is only a deal when two parties have agreed to it, and the European Union has not agreed to this, and in my view, will not agree to this. Um, so there is just that appears to be a bit of fantasy land carry on going on in Westminster at the moment, where finally Boris Johnson has come up with some sort of proposal, but it's a proposal that I do not think is going to fly, and, and that is just an inescapable reality that people in Westminster have to get their head around. So what do you think is actually going to happen then in the next weeks if this deal does not get backed by Parliament? I mean, clearly, if it's not going to go through Parliament, there's no way Brussels can agree to it. Well, what I think needs to happen is that Article 50 needs to be extended and we need to avoid that no-deal crash-out on the 31st of October because crashing out on the 31st of October would cost say, families in Scotland £2,300. It would risk up to 100,000 jobs. And that's not a price that we are willing to pay. Now, we passed the Bain Act eh, last month, but the Prime Minister has been resolute in his desire to crash us out on the 31st of October. So the only thing in my mind that can happen is that Boris Johnson be removed from power, that we extend Article 50 and we call a general election. But that can't happen whilst Boris Johnson's in power. So we need to remove him by way of a motion of no confidence. But what would a general election really solve? This has been going on for three and a half years. What can you do that you haven't already been able to? Well, I think that would be an opportunity for the public to have their say on where they think Brexit's going at the moment. Um, it's quite clear that whether you're on the Leave side or the Remain side, that the whole Brexit process is not going swimmingly well. Um, so I think it's an opportunity for the public to have their say. Bear in mind we also have a government that does not have a working majority at the moment. It is simply untenable for this government to remain in office when it has a majority of minus 40. Um, so one way or another, this parliament, this government is going to collapse. And I think that we cannot be taking more decisions 
about what kind of Brexit is going to take place or if Brexit is going to take place whilst we have a, a government and a parliament that's in complete paralysis. Oh, all right, well, let, let's take us through the, the choreography then. If, say, this vote, uh, this, 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 this plan is voted on in parliament, perhaps doesn't get through, no way Brussels, as you say, under those circumstances would get it. Is the next stage that you're definitely going to put down a vote of confidence or lack of confidence in Boris Johnson? Is the SNP going to do that? Well, there's a, there's a bit more sequence in that actually has to take part. If you'll forgive me, I mean, we are going to be prorogued on Tuesday night and then we come back for a Queen's speech. Um, the Queen's speech takes place before the European Council, so we won't really know until the European Council what's going to happen. My, my suspicion, my strong suspicion is that Brussels is not going to accept the proposals placed on the table by Boris Johnson. Um, so we then have the Queen's speech, and at that stage there's an opportunity to vote down the Queen's speech, which which could precipitate a general election. Uh, well, hang on. One second, David, just to say, when you vote down a Queen's speech, will you take that as, or will they take that as a vote of no confidence, or does it have to be more specific than that? Well, procedurally, we need to we need to see what happens there. I mean, traditionally in the past, uh, voting down the Queen's speech was seen as an issue of confidence. The Fixed Term Parliament Act does make that a little bit more muddy. Um, but the, the main thing that the vast majority of us in Parliament, because it is a majority in Parliament that opposes No Deal, wants to see is that that extension letter be sent to the European Union, formally requesting an extension to Article 50. Um, and there is, a, there is a grave danger if we have a general election before that letter is sent that we could crash out by default on the 31st of October. Well, there's no way we can have a general election before at the moment, before October the 31st. There, there, there's no way, but, if, but the, the point is if Parliament dissolves before the 31st of October, then you've got a, a Prime Minister in office who has executive powers, and that's where our concern lies. David, you're unique uh, among the SNP uh, pushing for this swift election. Many would accuse you of putting party before country here. No, not at all. If we if we were putting the, the, the party before the country, we'd have had an election months and months ago. Um, what we're trying to do at the moment, we've been crystal clear about this, is that we want to see the threat of no deal taken off the table. Um, so that's why we have not supported the motions that have come forward for a general election. But it is why we're trying to build a coalition in Parliament amongst all of the opposition parties to move Boris Johnson from power. Our fundamental, our top priority at the moment is to remove this unelected Prime Minister from office because if we don't do that, we will crash out of the EU on the 31st of October. So our main priority amongst all of us is to try and remove Boris Johnson from power and then at that stage we'll deal with a general election. Two things that must happen before a general election are to um, call that extension to Article 50 to make sure we don't crash out and then we can call for a general election and people can go to the country. But we need to remove no deal first. Well, indeed, and the Ben Act provides for that. Would you, would the SNP be trying to push to take that issue to court? Uh, how would you deal with it? How would you enforce that? If, if the Prime Minister does not adhere to the law, um, and unfortunately he has got forum for doing this because he's already been found to have acted unlawfully by the Supreme Court, if the Prime Minister does not adhere um, to the what's mandated in the Ben Act, then I think absolutely he will end up in court. Um, I think there's a, a well, multitude will of people end up because someone is pushing him. To, I mean, how are you, what's the mechanics of that? Do, do you well, need well, someone let's to not take forget. It? I mean, it was uh, SNP MP Joanna Cherry who initiated um, court proceedings in the inner house of the the, the court in Scotland um, to fight against the prorogation process. So the SNP has forum in, in taking matters to court, and I don't think we would hesitate to do so in the future. Um, but surely the Prime Minister is not thinking about breaking the law again. I mean, that would be a not a totally untenable position, surely. Is a no-confidence vote not quite risky? Wouldn't it make no deal more likely? Possibly. Um, well, a no-confidence vote, we need to make sure that, that, that someone can step up uh, and be a caretaker prime minister. I mean, this isn't someone who's going to be a prime minister for months and months. It's someone who can fulfil two administrative tasks. One is to extend Article 50 and then call a general election. And what we well, are doing at the moment is having discussions with opposition parties 
to make sure that we can get a caretaker prime minister in place to fulfil those two administrators' tasks and remove the risk of no deal. And these are conversations that are ongoing which, which, as we speak at the moment. Which opens up a vast area of discussion, of course, uh, because who could be that uh, caretaker prime minister is one we're going to come into in the next part of this programme. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Should we have a look through these papers then? Yeah, the Times has uh, Brussels ready to bypass Boris Johnson and grant a Brexit extension. The European Union could grant another Brexit delay, even if the letter making a request for an extension beyond October the 31st is not signed by the Prime Minister. Could in fact come apparently from the Cabinet Secretary as head of the Civil Service. That uh, puts Mark Sedwell uh, in a rather difficult position, one would imagine. Yeah, first the Queen, now the head of the Civil Service. Of course, Tim Barrow, another name being floated, the UK ambassador to the EU, another person who could possibly do that. And is in a way, it's a taste of the government's own medicine, isn't it? Going through the weeds, trying to find this nitty gritty in the law um, and find a way to get this extension, whether they want it or not. Another instance of, of pass the bomb initially. Nobody wants to take the blame for no deal. So you've got everybody playing nicely, at least at this stage. And that's very much what Therese Raphael, our own Therese Raphael, writes in Bloomberg Opinion today. She says whether or not Boris Johnson's Brexit plan flies or crashes, the important thing is that he's constructed a compelling story to tell the electorate he's going to blame the EU, she says, for a failure of statecraft, and he'll blame Parliament for blocking the will of the people. This is all looking ahead to a possible election, uh, planning for multiple outcomes, really, here. Okay, well, let's bring it back home to David Linden, because the Scotsman has a piece which says the SNP and opposition parties are squabbling over the best way to block a no deal Brexit. Cooperation between the opposition parties seeking to block a no deal Brexit is close to breaking point, the paper says, in a disagreement over tactics to bring down Boris Johnson and trigger a snap election. Well, David, let me come to you on that. Is the uh, Rebel Alliance beginning to fray a little at the edges? Do you all, are you all on the same page? No, we're absolutely on the same page. We want to avoid a no-deal Brexit. That's why we passed the Ben Act in September, and that's why we are absolutely united in making sure that we avoid a no-deal situation. Um, those conversations, you know, the, the opposition parties are meeting daily, sometimes twice daily. Uh, we'll continue to do so. Um, but the, the most important thing at the moment is taking that no-deal threat off the table because... You know, 100,000 jobs going in Scotland overnight is not a price worth paying for Westminster and transitions. In order to have this government of national unity, you're going to need a leader. And you've been quite clear in backing Corbyn as a possible uh, contender. Isn't that a fruitless effort, though? The numbers just don't add up in terms of his support. Well, constitutionally, the leader of Her Majesty's opposition does have the first right to form a government when the majority government falls. That is what's enshrined in the constitution. It's procedural. Um, but we in the SNP have been absolutely clear that we're open-minded is to who could be that caretaker prime minister. I mean, I know you speak about a government of national unity. Um, this isn't about putting in place a government for a period of weeks and months. It's about putting in place some caretaker who can fulfil the two administrative tasks. One is to extend Article 50 and the second is to call a general election. 
Um, it's just two simple tasks that are required here to try and get us out of this stalemate because if we don't act, then I rather fear that we are going to crash out of the EU on the 31st of October uh, and that would be something that would absolutely decimate my constituency. I mean, bear in mind my unemployment rate here in Glasgow East is, is double that of the national average. A no-deal Brexit overnight would be an economic catastrophe that I am simply but, not willing to countenance. But David, as, as you well know, there are many people in the House of Commons, uh, people who uh, fell out with Jeremy Corbyn from the Labour Party, the Liberal Democrats and others, who perhaps don't think necessarily at once Jeremy Corbyn, if he gets put in place as a caretaker Prime Minister, would actually leave power. He'd be quite tempted to stay on. Well, I don't know if that's the case, but that, that's why it's so important that we facilitate discussions and that we keep these opposition parties at the table to work together. This is not a time for political parties to start getting kind of swamped under with their internal machinations of their thoughts on Jeremy Corbyn or other opposition leaders. I don't think voters would forgive us if at this stage we walked away from the table and we stopped working together because of personality clashes. What we face, what, what's coming, trundling towards us in 28 days' time is an economic catastrophe that must be put first. And if we don't deal with what's in front of us right now, then I think that when the history books come to judges uh, in the future, then they'll look very uh, unfavourably on us. If not Corbyn, then who? Who else would you would be acceptable to the SNP? Well, the, the SNP, we've absolutely been clear that we are open-minded on this. Um, we, we want to see someone who can fulfil those two administrative tasks, which is to extend Article 50 and call a general election. So we are open-minded on that. And I think it's important that all parties, whether you're Labour, whether you're Liberal Democrats, go into these talks and be open-minded. We cannot be in these kind of deeply entrenched party political positions at the moment, because if we do that, then Boris Johnson's going to go off scot-free, crash the bus and take us out of the EU at the end of the month. And that would be an economic catastrophe. On Corbyn, though, is there not a risk that this would push those Tory dissenters back towards Johnson's camp? Well, I think the people who, who left the, the Conservative Party, or should I should have say the, the whip was con- uh, suspended from the Conservative Party, they left the Conservative Party because they wanted to stop a no-deal Brexit. Now, the reality is that the only way, in, in my mind, and the only way I think procedurally that we can really stop that no-deal Brexit is to remove Boris Johnson from office. I am not convinced that absolutely everything is in place that would stop him from crashing the bus and taking us out of the EU on the 31st of October. Um, And and that, frankly, is not a risk that we in the SNP are willing to take. So it's imperative that anybody in Parliament who wishes to avoid a no-deal Brexit and the economic catastrophe that would ensue from that gets together and makes sure that we remove that motion of no confidence and remove Boris Johnson from, from power. Because for so long as his hands are at levers of power, then we risk falling out of the EU on the 31st yeah. of October with no deal. David, you've made that point very clear that this is what should happen. But, I mean, yep. Parliament is a matter of tactics. You've got people with lots and lots of different, perhaps unprecedentedly different levels of loyalty, either to the Conservatives, the Labour Party, to nobody. You've got to do the math in this. It's got to work, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's something that we are doing at the moment. But I, I think the, the, the danger that you, the, the, you know, pundits at Westminster might be obsessed about here is, is based on party politics. Let's not forget, you know, Brexit is something that you have never had to deal with before. Um, And if people stick to these kind of entrenched party political positions, then we are not going to get anywhere. Indeed, we risk letting Boris Johnson off the hook and taking us towards that no-deal Brexit. So I I think it's incumbent upon all politicians to put their party politics aside and make sure that we do what's right for our constituents and what's right for the economy. And in my mind, that's got to be avoiding a no-deal Brexit at the end of this month. But David, you can't deny that you're doing all of this with one eye on getting another Scottish referendum, right? No, not at all. Um, at the moment, we are absolutely committed to making sure that we avoid that crash out. Um, 
in, in terms of Brexit. Of course, the SNP wants to see Scotland become an independent. That's why that's why I joined the SNP. Um, but you know, as a constituent member of Parliament, I have a, an obligation towards my constituents to make sure that they have decent livelihoods. And there is nothing good for their livelihood of crashing out of the EU at the end of this month. So my top priority at the moment is making sure that we avoid that no deal Brexit. Um, and that's exactly so, what we in the SNP are focused on. So to be absolutely clear, David, in all the discussions that the SNP are having with the other parties, this so-called rebel alliance, the issue of an independence referendum is just not involved. We're not even talking about that at this stage. At, at the moment, the absolute top priority for us is to make sure that we avoid that no-deal Brexit. And I think anybody who's part of the opposition talks... So, so nothing, nothing of the that. independence referendum in there? It's just not... I mean, there must be issues put on the table, but Indiref isn't one of them. Well, the, the First Minister of Scotland is taking a referendum bill through the Scottish Parliament at the moment, so we're certainly doing all we can to try and push for that. But at Westminster, our top priority is to make sure that we avoid this no-deal Brexit, because I don't think voters in Scotland would forgive us if we, we stood back like the Liberal Democrats appear to be doing um, and just allow a no-deal Brexit to kind of come smashing us in the face at the end of this month. I've got to put this to you. Would this not be frustrating the will of the British people as a country entirely and, and then getting out? That, that's hypocritical, right? Pardon me? Uh, would it not be hypocritical to, to frustrate Brexit and then have an independent Scotland? Well, this, this isn't about frustrating Brexit. This is about making sure they don't crash out of the European Union at the end of this month. It's absolutely, I mean, when I voted on the 23rd of June 2016, there's nothing on my ballot paper about a shortage of medicines or food prices going through the roof. This is about making sure that we avoid the economic catastrophe that would be a no-deal Brexit. I think the Brexit that was sold to people uh, in 2016 is certainly not what's being proposed by uh, Boris Johnson by way of no deal. Um, Scotland was not the only part of the United Kingdom that didn't vote for Brexit. We had Northern Ireland, we had London. Um, the, the Brexit that is being proposed by this government, if this deal doesn't go through, um, would be economic madness, an act of economic self-harm that no self-respecting uh, politician would tolerate. But David, you know, you, you said you joined the Scottish National Party because you want an independent Scotland. You wouldn't be human if you didn't think, if there were no deal, if there were the kind of chaos predicted in some of the government uh, reports on what might occur, actually getting an independent Scotland might in some ways be easier. Um, no, I mean, I think that, 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 to be fair, is probably a bit premature in your thinking. I mean, our, our premise of Scotland becoming independent does not mean trashing the rest of the UK's economy with a no-deal Brexit, so I need to kind of pull you up on that one. What we're intent on in doing is making sure the voters in Scotland and indeed across the rest of the UK don't suffer from uh, medical shortages or high food prices, and that's exactly what would happen with a no-deal Brexit. So we need to avoid that, and the only way that we can do that, in my mind, is to remove Boris Johnson from power. But I'm looking at polls here. I've got a poll of polls uh, from the 10th to the 27th of September. The majority is still here for going ahead with Brexit on October the 31st, even if it means a no deal. So this seems like it's what the people still want. I, I would be slightly cautious about what you need in opinion polls. I mean, there are certain opinion polls that will show um, different things depending on the question. Is. But as someone who has looked at the, the no deal papers, the evidence that's been provided to us in the Brexit reading rooms, all of these kind of things... I am simply not willing to put my constituents through the pain of a hard Brexit, a no-deal Brexit, as proposed by Boris Johnson. Um, and I don't think anybody would forgive us if we genuinely crashed out of the EU on the 31st of October in the absolute chaos that we know would ensue. Uh, you know, if we, if we didn't do all we could to try and avoid that, then I don't think we would be judged very uh, favourably by the electorate. Let me ask you this, David, finally, that if uh, within the Rebel Alliance group, which is what we're calling them, if you guys got together and came up with an idea of a deal that you could then put to Brussels, would that be a way forward? You guys go to Brussels, you negotiate it, you then find a way of taking Britain out on that kind of deal. 
Well, I mean, we in the SNP have been absolutely clear from 2016 that we would be willing to compromise. I mean, that's what we did by way of uh, producing the papers, Scotland's place in Europe. Um, sadly, for the last three years, that has fallen upon deaf ears, and that's why we find ourselves in the difficult position we're in. Um, but I think that the only way that this whole process can be can be stopped uh, and that we can avoid that no deal is to remove Boris Johnson from power, um, make sure we get the extension to Article 50, and then have a general election. And it would be my hope that in a general election, Boris Johnson would not be coming back to pursue the economic self-harm that would be a, a no-deal Brexit, which is, I think is what he really wants, because this unicorn that he's come up with to try and propose to the European Union is simply not going to fly. As I said earlier, I, I know people in Westminster are getting incredibly excited about this proposal, but it's a proposal, it's not a deal, and it's not a deal that I think the European Union would be willing to do. David Linden, thank you very much. The SNP MP there. Bloomberg Westminster. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.